Happy Monday! This is the Daily DLP. I'm your host, Ash Thompson. And today we're going to discuss a player who has gone from the roster bubble to potentially being a significant contributor for the Detroit Lions over the last few weeks. See you after the jump. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. If Yatu Belafonwu, if you will recall, was the Detroit Lions' third-round draft pick in 2021, nestled squarely in between two draft picks that the Lions have thus far been significantly happier with in Aline McNeil and, oh yeah, Amon Ross St. Brown. No pressure to perform there. I think he gets lost in how much Lions fans love those two when they're thinking back to that draft. Brad Holmes has a very good track record in the draft, but there have been a couple of misses, and up until this point, it really did look like Ifiatu Melifonwu was one of them. Because injuries have been the defining characteristic of Ify's career to this point. To be frank, we just haven't really seen him play enough. He has played want to say 17 games in two years, so roughly half of the games that have been played, if my faulty memory of that is correct, uh, which spread out over the course of various seasons, and it just seems like every single time he comes back, just as he's starting to get his feet underneath him and get it together and, and start contributing to the team. Like if you'll remember, he was having a pretty good day prior to the injury that launched Jerry Jacobs into the starting role. Uh, Melifon was having a pretty good night and first of many injuries took him down. It's an unfortunate thing because everything about this guy screams of being something that the Detroit lions coaches could use on the field. Uh, Last year, the Lions did Melifonu a little bit of a favor and moved him over to safety, which for his body type in most schemes is a much better position. There is a reason you don't see a lot of six foot three listed at 210, but Frankly, looking at the guy live at training camp, I really doubt that that's an accurate number, and I think it's higher. A corner has to read and react on every play, and there's nobody putting more stress on their joints and ligaments than the quarterbacks every single down. The bigger a guy is, the more stress there's going to be on those ligaments and joints, and the more likely it is that they are going to have soft tissue injuries. Safety spend a lot less time within a yard of the guy that they're covering, which makes it a little bit more forgiving in terms of those quick-cut soft tissue issues because they're not doing many of them in rapid succession. With that said, he still only dressed for 10 games last year, one of which was a start, and the fact that he started a game for the Lions was more due to the Shakespearean tragedy that was the Detroit Lions injury list last year. Uh, Yeah, the the number of people that had 
to get hurt for Melifon to play is, is a staggering number because they knew you don't transition a guy in the NFL to a new spot who wasn't doing very well at his old position, I might add, and assume that that's going to give you a great deal of performance in year one. So it didn't. That's to be expected. But in fans' minds, Melifon Wu is a third-year player who hasn't produced much, even if there are reasons for that. That is what he is to most Detroit Lions fans. But as everyone in the Lions organization keeps telling us, what happened last year doesn't matter. This year in the preseason, I just wanted to give Ify a shout-out for his great work against the Jaguars on Saturday. The biggest example I can think of, you guys will remember this run stop if you watched the game, Jack Cavill runs into the hole, plows through the whole thing, Derek Barnes is right there, we're all just, yeah, linebackers, the thing we thought might not be doing well, doing well. Awesome. But one thing that the announcers definitely missed, and I suspect a lot of fans did, was the spectacular run fill by Yafimel Lafonwu from the backside of the play. Campbell did what he does. He found his way to the ball carrier in traffic. That's kind of his gig. He clogged the available hole, stopped the forward progress, got a hand on the guy, but he wasn't really bringing the guy down. And that's when things can go really badly because people stop putting effort in, which if the player who has the grasp on the guy lets go or loses that grasp, then there's a whole bunch of people not prepared for a guy. It can be a big play. Unless someone like Iffy blasts through his gap on the backside and then works his way down the line of scrimmage to perform a perfectly executed single leg takedown, the play was over. There were high fives all around. So give Campbell credit, all the credit in the world, because he did a great job on that play. Same with Barnes. Barnes was right there too. That's another pick from the same draft that seems to be kind of stepping into the role that everybody hoped they would as a developmental pick. And that's the thing we have to remember right now. Barnes was an edge for most of his time at Purdue. Melifonwu was a corner for all of his time prior to the NFL and then was moved over to safety. So the fact that it's year three for these guys and they are starting to kind of get their stuff together makes perfect sense. At the risk of being that guy, uh, with Levi looking decent relative to the expectations we had, Barnes and Melifonwu suddenly looking like they belong in the league. The Aaron Holmes' inaugural draft with the Lions has got to look it up right now. And it was already well above average in terms of the results that we got, given that one of the league's top 10, top 15 wide receivers came out of that fourth round for us. And who does that reflect well on? It reflects well on the program being run by the coaches. We've seen staffs in the past, and I mentioned this last week. I'm not going to beat this dead horse every single week, but but coaches who were unable to develop anyone beyond what they were when they got to the Detroit Lions have been a pretty common thing. Like last year, in the middle of a season where the secondary coach got fired, we saw a young project safety 
ascend to a starting role that he thrived in. Not only did he not completely fail, as many do in their first season when forced into a prominent role, Kirby Joseph did something no player had ever done in picking Aaron Rodgers three times, twice in one game. That's just not something that happens. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's washed and we're going to get to watch that a lot this year, but I I very much doubt it. I think that is actually just Kirby Joseph going from guy who barely knows what he's doing to guy who is a competent starter in the NFL in half a season because these coaches have been doing such a great job. Like they had no other options. So they helped Joseph step into the shoes of Tracy Walker. And folks, I don't think Joseph's ever giving those shoes back. Tracy, I'm sorry, but they're his now. He owns them. You mark the territory if you know what I'm saying. If we take a look at the Lions players who are getting hyped this season, it's it's not all rookies. Like it historically pretty much always has been. Like Branch, Campbell, Gibbs, Laporta, these guys are all getting their due in terms of how much we're talking about them too, but they're not the only thing we're talking about. I mean, we've barely talked about Cam Sutton. Those of you who watched last week may recall that I referred to the gentleman as Cortland, not just a single time, but multiple times, just was in my brain. Cam, if you're watching, I'm sorry. I do know your name. My apologies. But high-priced free agents are not the only things getting hype either, which in the past, it's been those two things. New draft picks, high-priced free agents, absolutely nothing else happens here that matters. That's been the Detroit Lions offseason. Third-year players taken as projects, becoming what you hoped they would become when you took them, is exactly what you plan for. Or she, maybe not necessarily what you plan for, it's what you hope for while you're planning for what you're going to do if they don't develop. So we're still seeing hits among the UDFA rookies, undrafted free agent, for those unfamiliar with the acronym, but there's no room for them actually on the field. Like Starling Thomas is having the same kind of camp Jerry Jacobs did. Chase Coda is giving us the same stuff that Tom Kennedy gave us a couple years ago. He shouldn't be starting games for the Lions in 2023 without a horrifying injury list similar to what we've had in the last couple of years in various positions. Whereas in 2021, we might legitimately have been talking about whether or not Coda could start week one for this team. Like those guys are still here making the same impact that other guys were making in those years. But the buffer between them and actually getting on field is significantly thicker. Speaking of Coda, I don't see how this guy doesn't make the 53 at this point. Uh, They played well, pretty much all the special teams crews, his touchdown catch this week. He was lined up as a tight end. He was right beside the tackle. He chipped the edge on the way to his route. Goal line tight end is an interesting play for that because as guy 53 on the roster, which 
if he's not that, he's pretty close to it. Let's just admit it what it is. You have got to be able to back up several positions for the catastrophic possibility that you might end up having to play on offense. So if he can back up all three wide receiver spots and also in a desperate pinch be the third tight end, that's what that guy has to do to make a roster. To be perfectly blunt, like it's it's great that he's showing up and showing out against, you know, some second, some third string guys. But he needs to be able to do a lot of things, wear a lot of hats, be a lot of different people to make it worthwhile to keep him on the 53-man roster. And fortunately or unfortunately for the Lions, depending on exactly how you look at this, he has done that to the point where I don't know if they are going to be able to stash a guy who has five or six touchdowns, which is kind of the the pace he's on. He had two in the first game, one in the second game. Let's say he gets another one in the third and he's got four. There are teams where that guy might get some run on the 53-man roster right now. Like, just teams that have nothing. The Lions, fortunately, are no longer in that space. But if you just think of what we had in the wide receiver room in 2021 and then think there's this guy who is six foot three, somewhere above 200 pounds, and has a whole bunch of touchdown cast catches in the preseason, and he's available on waivers. There is no way Brad Holmes doesn't grab that guy. And Brad Holmes is a smart guy, but so are a lot of other NFL GFs. I don't like Coda's chances. That's pretty much... That is basically it for today. Uh, later in the week, I'm going to gush about how spectacular the commission is and also probably talk about Teddy Bridgewater a little bit. Uh, they're taking block away, so don't bother following me on Twitter because I'm probably going to end up deleting that app soon. Um, now you can hit me up at Pod on TikTok, where I can still safely judge the plebes from my ivory tower. Have a great day. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. <laughs> You've had enough of that shit.